Hello and welcome to Skeptics and Seekers. I am your host, David the Skeptic. And I'm Dale, uh, the Christian or Seeker. All right. Uh, when he figures out which one, he'll get back to you. Um, oh, I thought I had to do both. Today, uh, we will be uh, dealing with a subject of mine that I call Drunk with Blood. Now, some of you have seen uh, the video, and uh, I have uh, included a video uh, in this week's blog. It is a new video project that I'm doing, so there'll be a few more of these uh, that will come out periodically. Uh, I can't say how frequently and how many uh, it will be before I call it quits. But the first one, uh, Deal Breakers, number one, No Forgiveness Without Blood, will be that will kind of be the backdrop of what we're discussing today. And uh, I had thought about dropping the audio uh, into... Uh, this podcast right here, but I've decided against it ultimately. So uh, if you want to see the video, and I think you should, uh, go to skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. That's skepticsandseekers.wordpress.com. The uh, video will be in uh, uh, underneath the blog under uh, other resources. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, that video uh, kind of in the backdrop, but more of an expanded idea behind it, which is uh, my personal revulsion with the Christian fixation on blood rituals. In fact, I've often called Christianity a cult, uh, and I've described it as, a many, uh, as, as many types of cults. But today I'm focusing on the occult aspect of Christianity, which is its uh, fixation on blood in general. And I can tell you at, at the end uh, of this, my final analysis is that uh, the same the same advice that I would give for any person stuck in a cult, get out as fast as you can. Christianity is that cult. Uh, and we have we have just come to accept it as a as a mainstream acceptable thing. And I just want to talk a little bit about why we should not accept it as mainstream, why we should see it um, as cult-like. In fact, I see it as, uh, I've come to see Christianity uh, on, on this side of it now that I'm a non-believer, the way I used to view Satanism when I was a Christian. I, I think that Christianity is that bad. So uh, with that in mind, uh it's, it's going to be that type of discussion. Uh, let me just give uh, say in brief uh, some of what I have in mind. Christianity is a, a cult of blood rituals and a fixation of blood. And the mentality of Christianity is that of the ancient Near, uh, ancient Near East uh, religions uh, and their mindset. I began the video off with a quotation of the New Testament, not the Old Testament, uh, in the Hebrew scripture, where it says that everything is uh, cleansed by blood, and indeed there can be no forgiveness without blood. And I think that I could stop talking right there, uh, and my point would be made. The idea that there can be no forgiveness without blood is a ridiculous notion. It's not just ridiculous, it's offensive. It's not just offensive, it's crazy. It's anachronistic. The idea that there can be no 
forgiveness without blood is an idea that should be um, mocked, ridiculed, uh, and utterly abandoned by sane modern people. That's the New Testament, that there can be no forgiveness without blood. It unfortunately gets worse uh, than that, though. Not only uh, uh, is forgiveness uh, based on blood, Christian regeneration uh, is based on blood. Uh, so there's the ritual of baptism. Perhaps uh, Dale will have something to say about baptism since he recently uh, engaged in that ritual. The idea behind baptism is that you are washed in the blood, cleansed in the blood. And the, the physical act of baptism, uh, for many Christians, not for all Christians, is uh, immersion. So you get into a pool of water or perhaps a lake uh, of water, uh, and you know, you're in waist deep. Uh, the preacher says a few words over you and then uh, pushes you down under the water completely and brings you back up from the water. This is a, kind of a, a description of the mechanics of baptism. But the mechanics of baptism are less interesting than the spiritual aspect of baptism, the thing that Christians think is going on in baptism. In baptism, you are actually literally wallowing in the blood of Jesus. For them, it is not just a pool of water. It's a pool of blood. Now, for some, you know, maybe it's not a pool of blood. It's a, it's a pool with magic blood in the pool, sprinkled in the pool. Either way, you are coming into contact with the blood of Jesus in this ritual. Um, one, of the, one of the images that the Bible gives of baptism is that you are buried in the, in the grave as Jesus was buried in the grave. And then you rise uh, as Jesus was raised to walk in newness of life. And so it is a, it is a pan pantomime of being buried. It is, it is a ritual of death and it is only meaningful uh, because you contact the blood of Jesus in that watery grave and that is what cleanses you. So there is a, uh, th there's a blood focus in baptism that the, that the non-Christian may not recognize. Uh, the other aspect uh, of blood that Christians worship is uh, the nourishment aspect. There's, a, there's an idea of the continual regeneration or the continual nourishment of the Christian through the communion. And the largest body of Christians on earth, the Catholics, actually believe that this is a literal thing. So you're literally eating the body of Jesus. You're literally drinking the blood of Jesus. Gallons and gallons upon gallons of Jesus' blood has been literally consumed by Catholics for millennia. Um, and so it, it is, in, in the truest sense of the term, a cannibalistic ritual where you are drinking the blood of Jesus. And, and I would say the human Jesus, uh, but since he's God-man, you, maybe you think it's better if you say you're drinking God's blood, but you're, you're literally drinking blood. This is not just a Catholic notion. There are some Protestants that uh, hold to some form of the literal blood as well. But whether you think that it's literal or not, you're still making a gruesome pantomime of a cannibalistic act. It's still a blood ritual, whether you think it's imaginary or not. So um, 
with these two things, I would say that Christianity is um, very much a a cult of blood rituals that we should stop uh, giving credence to. We should stop legitimize, uh, legitimizing it. Um, we should stop pretending that that it's not the vestiges of an anachronistic uh, way of thinking that should have died a long time ago. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to turn it over to Dale. And uh, that is frankly mostly all I have to say this week. Okay. Um, so uh, I think in the first place, my response is going to be three-pronged. So the first two are going to be as a seeker, not as a Christian. Um, I'm just going to be asking questions kind of thing and probing into so i understand that you think the blood cult is immoral and it's uh, you're saying it's an essential part of christianity that can't be denied um now as a christian i i agree with you but um i just want to ask because i've i've learned from you in previous weeks that you don't actually think that average christians have any duty to dig into the bible to find out does it actually teach that blood is necessary if I can find a professing Christian uh, or Jew who says it's not necessary, then I can just take them at their word and, okay, that's fine. Like, I, I'm not qualified to question your what you say, so I'll just go with you. So uh, let's do this. Um, firstly, with Jews and the Old Testament. Modern-day Jew, this is a, a mainstream view, actually, in Orthodox Judaism. After the Bar Kokhba rebellion of, of 135 AD, um, Jews stress against Christians, anti-missionaries, like, um, you know, like Rabbi Tobias Singer, who's someone I, I worked with a little bit back in the day when I was studying these um, issues. They'll say, no, blood, that, that's just one of the means. You've also got, uh, it's better to do good works, that's, or pray. These are how you get repentance or, or atone for your sins. Um, so if I can find, you know, on the Jewish end, let's, let's start with that. Um, would you, why don't you just accept what these rabbis say? They say blood's not necessary. Who told you that? Yeah, so uh, I don't care about Judaism. So okay. I, I could address your question uh, directly just for the fun of it, but honestly, I, I have no epistemic or conversational duty to do so. This is not a Jewish podcast, it's a Christian atheist podcast, so I don't care. Next point. Well, it's technically it's a skeptics and seekers, but okay. Right, but, I'm, um, but I'm not I'm not skeptic against Judaism, and you're not a seeker for Judaism. So again, don't care. Next okay. point. <laughs> um, well, I'll just correct that. No, when you're a seeker, even even though I've made my decision, I I still need to continue being an honest seeker until unless unless and until fine, I'm fine. if you want if you want to go with that, uh, I I will just side with you and heartily recommend that anyone who is seeking avoid Christianity and go for a form of Judaism that does not believe in blood rituals. Okay. Next point. Uh, so next point. <laughs> same, same, same question, but okay. with Christians this time. Okay. Uh, there are Christians that hold to a moral influence theory of the atonement. Blood's not necessary at all. You know, it's just the, the moral influence of, of these acts or whatever um, that cause Christians to want to behave rightly. Blood, that that's not necessary. So why don't you just, they profess to be Christians. Why don't you just say, okay, well, I guess I can't use this argument to attack Christianity 
because there are Christians that say blood's not necessary. I repeat my last uh, answer. If you want to, if you're a seeker and you are interested in some form of Christianity that's less offensive, then by all means, seek cool. out a form of Christianity that is not a blood cult. Cool. Okay, um, so my second probing... However, that is not mainstream Christianity, and other people who are Christians would not consider you a Christian. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian then, because, as you'll find out, but I'm responding as a seeker right, at this point. Right, and so, so um, I'm, just, I'm just dismissing these, these things that you think are objections. So go ahead for your next one. <laughs> okay, cool. So the next one is, um, so I understand how you ground... Uh, your moral judgments in the first place. You don't believe in actual, a real morality like Christians do, right? You don't believe in necessary moral truths. You judge it based on a brute fact. Okay, what what is the well-being for society as a whole? This is how you adjudicate whether something is immoral or moral. Um, that that's correct, right? A fair representation of your view? Uh, not exactly. I don't. I don't necessarily want to get into epistemology this week, but I would not say that it's a brute fact. Um, oh. That that I that I base it on a brute fact as much as I base it on uh, human well-being, and human well-being is something that we have to figure out over time using our best scientific and social methods of, of doing that. So I don't I don't think that um, okay I, I don't I don't think that it's it's um, you know what what is well being and not well being I don't think that that's objective per se I think it's something that we have to to figure out and decide and we try many different things and sometimes we're wrong but we're shooting we're still shooting for the goal of the best humanity we can we can achieve. Okay. Um, so okay. I, I so just I just object to human your use of brute fact uh, in that. This is all very well, subjective. Was, I'm quoting you in your on the Reason Press blog. You the third blog you wrote was your evaluating the moral argument and that sort of thing. And you you use that word. You said human well being and flourishing is just a brute fact for things. So that so that's fine. Um, I take okay. So I, I would I would I would have to relook at the context of that but I don't I don't want you to use brute fact on my argument as me saying that this is some kind of objective measure okay it is yeah, not I do not correct. believe that okay um, so that's that is what you said then so that's good you didn't say it's an objective thing it's okay so even taking this standard human well-being flourishing I take it you know having societies and civilizations that flourish is good for human beings and human human well-being um, so let's start with the ancient um, in the context of the Old Testament and with Christians living in the under the Roman Empire. Uh, what what do you, what's wrong with the blood cult? I mean, this served to help societies. This you know the Roman Empire flourished off this kind of thing with all these blood cults. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the religion and society was highly intertwined. So it seems to me that these blood cults actually served. Uh, to benefit society and, in turn, human well-being and flourishing. So, yeah, what what do you have against it? So, rather than answer that question, I just want to uh, reiterate the question for the listener. The Christian on the 
program rather secret, than denying right? the I'm sorry, the secret <laughs> on the program. I told him to make it his mind. He's clearly not a Christian right now, considering his arguments. Um, the seeker on the program is asking the question, what's wrong with a blood cult? And I just, I'm perfectly happy to let that hang in the air. Um, so anyone who doesn't know what's wrong with the blood cult, stay away from me. Anyone who does know what's wrong with the blood cult, stay away from Christianity. Thank you. Um, okay, so no, I'm not going to let you. What, in order to make that claim, you have to say that it somehow detriments society or human well-being. What in the ancient world, as a result of the blood, blood cult killing animals or something like that, overall, that was a beneficial effect that that cult brought the societies together um, in, the, in the context of the Roman Empire. Uh, these kind of things led to the Pax Romana uh, from the time of Augustus all the way up to the great crisis of the third century. So I would, I would just say, you want, I get that from a modern perspective, you want to look upon them as primitive, but under your standards of adjudicating what is ethical or not, it, it seems that the blood cults could be ethical, at least in ancient yeah, times. See, what's what's wrong with killing a bunch of uh, animals uh, that we know today can, can suffer? Uh, taking their blood, smearing them on your forehead, smearing them on your doorpost in the name of an imaginary god, so that uh, you know, so that his wrath will pass over you. What's wrong with that? I I will I will simply uh, echo Sam Harris uh, here in my response. You have hit philosophical bedrock with a shovel of a stupid question. That there were no stupid questions, but okay. I never said there were no stupid oh. questions. There are many stupid questions, and you have oh. just <laughs> you have just used the shovel of a stupid question to hit philosophical bedrock. I am not going to try to get underneath okay. your ridiculous assertion that there may be nothing wrong with taking animals and or humans and using their blood in some religious ecstasy. If you don't think there is, stay away from me. And if you do think there is, stay away from Christianity. Okay. Okay. So let's let's move on. I get that you don't want to answer that one directly because it's a stupid question for you. Modern context then. Um, and this will be the last thing I say as a seeker and not giving a Christian answer. Um, so within a modern context. Why, are, why do you, you want would... to avoid the Christian answer so much? I don't. I want answers. I'm I'm, I'm allowed to put on different hats. It's okay. And, I know. I, I get that. Right? But are you going to give a Christian answer at some point? Because I would I love that's, to hear that's... the Christian uh, response to my accusation that you're occult uh, blood worshippers. That, that you're uh, that you're so, yeah, gross, gross human beings. I just, this is the accusation that I'm making, and I want to hear it from a modern Christian. But yes, go ahead and uh, uh, ask, ask your other point. I wasn't trying to derail you. I just, I'm asking what I think the audience is asking at this point is, you know, well, the, when, yeah, when are we going to get to the Christian perspective? Yeah, but I, I think the audience would like to know the foundation of your claim as well. You, you know, there's, there's people that aren't Christians, right? Tara's brought that up, brought that point up. So um, Tara's okay, definitely so, not a Christian. There you go. So, <laughs> so there are people that are not Christians and not atheists. So anyway, so, okay, last last one before I get into the Christian uh, prong. Sure. Um, 
so in a modern context, you you seem to okay you you seem to admit you you recognize that with communion or something there's different views. Some Christians uh, take more of a symbolic or it's illusion illusory. It's not we're not ba- we're not being baptized in real blood or anything like that or we're not drinking Jesus' actual blood and stuff like that. You know, we're not Catholics that believe in transubstantiation. We're not Lutherans that believe in consubstantiation. Um, you know, there are Reformed thinkers. So at, at this, even, even actually forget it, even with the Catholics, uh, you know, you can, you can just look at them and say, what, what harm comes to society by these guys pretending they're drinking Jesus' blood? That, that doesn't directly lead to any negative societal outcome let, let them play their games i mean nothing comes from violent video games people shoot people in video games and there's blood there it's it's pretend from your perspective they're just playing a little pretend for an hour and that's it like they go home so what why is that wrong what what detriment to society comes from people pretending that from your perspective that they're drinking blood or something so i will make a deal with you i'm going to dodge this question today oh, again? <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm going to dodge this question today but um in within the next show or two uh i will make it my topic uh the harm of christianity because i think that you know you're you're asking well what harm is it this this particular occult aspect of christianity yeah and and i would like to actually expand that to the harm of religion period um, and so I, I think it's, oh, I think it's more than just one aspect. Uh, gotcha. Okay. So, I would agree. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So if you want to do that, but this particular aspect is what I'm interested for here. And you, you, so let me, let me, let me just don't... ask, what do you, what harm is it, uh, for there to be other cults? I mean, Christians get all exercised about other cults <laughs> and, They're... and, and they think that those are bad and yet. Uh, your question is, what harm is, you know, Christianity, even if it is a cult, just like those other cults? It, yeah, op- it's, operating on your operating on your assumption, nothing. Well, I would nothing say it's the all. same harm as any other cult. So, it, yeah, I know that that feels like a dodge, but once again, I, I I'd have to have more time to expand that theme. But if you, you think to, that if you think that cults are harmful in general. My claim is that Christianity is just as much a cult. Okay, yeah. So that that's your that's your answer is there's nothing wrong with this particular aspect in and of itself. There's nothing more on, wrong with it than any other cult. Right. Okay. So you need that all overall case. Yes. Great. Okay. So that's your answer. That Christianity has each of these cults entails certain aspects that are neutral or, or possibly beneficial, but there's also the harmful ones. This yes. happens to be one that's neutral, I, I assume you would say, or beneficial. So that's fine. So now I'm going to turn into a Christian. Um, okay, so this is something, my answer here, uh, David's absolutely correct. Actually, that, only going to be a 53% Christian, but that's... A... <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough. That's sufficient that's to be sufficient. a Christian. By the way, I know that you have upgraded your number, uh, since then, what is your new number? You know what? I haven't actually calculated it uh, for the overall because I just know it's it's whatever it's going to be. It's going to be above above the fifty three percent. But know, if you want, reminds want to know. So let us sure, know next I'll week. Cal- yep, I'll calculate it out then. Um, okay, so 
as a Christian, absolutely right. Um, I'm going to pronounce those moral influence theories are uh, theorists are wrong. Uh, they they are not being biblical. The Bible very clearly says, you know, David pointed out some biblical verses. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to do the same. Hebrews chapter nine verse twenty two. I think that was the one David quoted, right, where it says blood is necessary. Um, you know, also the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. It's a recurring theme in order to make a covenant. You need the blood. Uh, the high priest has to be cleansed through the blood on the, you know, Yom Kippur. Um, the Passover, I think David also, there's that Exodus 22, I think, or I don't no, that's before that, whatever. It's, it's so the, the Passover, yeah, there's a reason. It, it's blood. in there somewhere. Read the whole thing. Try gotcha. not to throw up. <laughs> um, so it's, so yeah, so uh, blood is a necessary aspect for atonement i agree 100 percent why uh does the bible well leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 tells us this uh the life uh your li blood represented your life right uh to the ancient jews and this is how they thought so on the garden of eden when we sin the necessary consequence this is the same argument i gave in the atonement show it is a necessary punishment or consequence of uh, of sin of having a sinful nature or sinning uh, to die and I believe the Bible teaches that there's physical death and spiritual death um, so yeah that this is my my argument the same thing I gave um, when I was talking about the atonement is that in order to be atoned your life has to be given up and that's symbolized through blood because blood represents the life from a biblical standpoint um so uh just going through so yeah so given that god has chosen to create and that we have through our own free will sinned these are the presumptions or presuppositions that you know see see david r i'm i'm listening these are my presuppositions i haven't backed them up i'm just assuming them for the sake of the show then I make the argument that it's necessary that we die, um, and in order for that punishment, um, you need to have someone needs to undergo the punishment to have the resultant con consequences, such as a reformed character. Um, so the idea is you're substituting a life for life. Obviously, in the Old Testament context, these animal sacrifices were just a tutor. Um, the real sac the only sacrifice that mattered was the the true Lamb of God, Jesus' sacrifice, and that's what actually atones for us, um, because those, you know, the consequences of the punishment that Jesus underwent are transferred to us as Christians when He dwells within us, and our characters are transformed or reformed. Um, so that yeah, that's my answer. I'll turn it over to David. Yeah, so, I mean, I could, I could go down that list point by point, but um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like I have to. Uh, the whole thing sounds crazy, and it, and it makes my point for me. Um, none of what you just said is the way a modern person thinks. We, we don't think that way about justice. Uh, no, we don't. So let me, you know, okay, just, just, just to reiterate, um, in, in uh, God's mindset, 
every infraction is a capital crime. If every infraction. There's no infraction small enough to not warrant the death penalty. So every time you do anything that's minor, it's, it's death penalty. We do not think that way. In, in fact, I would argue that no civilized people have ever thought that way. Um, but this is, this is the way of thinking from a Abrahamic religious point of view, is that y- you are deserving of death for the smallest infraction you could, you could imagine. So it, it all must be, um, you got some, somebody's got to die for it. The, the other um, way that we don't think of is this substitutionary atonement. The idea that somebody's got to die, not necessarily you. So crime's been committed. Um, and, you know, the way we think of as justice today, the person who commits the crime, you know, we, we devote a lot of resources uh, for detective work and police work to catch the guilty party. Because it's very important for us that the person guilty of the crime uh, is the one that, that suffers the penalty. But under God's economy, nah, uh, you know, it's just a penalty, generically speaking. God has to have some blood because God be hungry. And so, uh, you know, that that sheep over there, that'll that'll do. Um, No one thinks this way. And and, uh, Dale does not deny that this is how the the Christian uh, economy of atonement is is built so the very idea that you could go through that litany of of things that dale went through and pretend like this is not an offense to the the modern way of understanding uh justice it's a it's a it's a farce so i don't i don't actually need to defend this point by point just listen to what dale said and cringe Um, So, uh, taking your second point first, um, why why do we have this principle that only the person that does, a a principle which the Bible explicitly um, calls for in the Old Testament, right? Uh, That the person who does the crime is the one who needs to do the time. Um, Why why is that the case? And it's because on an an earthly level that it depends what sort of... uh, theory of justice or theory of punishment that one holds to, and I take a consequentialist perspective. So I, I think the reason why we punish people is to bring about certain uh, positive benefits or consequences uh, of that, one of which is the reformation of the character or the criminal. So um, obviously on an earthly level, there's no way we have to do that by putting by me going out and killing someone and then putting David in jail and going through the time of the punishment, there's no way we can transfer the consequences of that, of him doing that time to me. But with Jesus, with Jesus' sacrifice, actually now we do because he's able to live within our hearts and transform our characters based on the punishments that he goes through. So there's a transference of Wait, the consequences. Just say that again, in, in, with a straight face, a, a little slower, so that pe- so that people can really hear the crazy in that. 
God, God suffered, Jesus suffers the punishment, and, and then we reap the benefit of transformation through his suffering. That, yeah. How does that make sense? What are you even saying? Penal substitution, man. That's uh, that's the biblical view, and that makes perfect, yeah, but it's, perfect it's, logical it's, sense. Say it with me. Say it with me, Dale. That's bat shit crazy. Why? It makes perfect logical. No, it coherence. doesn't. What yeah, it what does. what what law what what law what, of the land operates that way? What's the purpose who, of punishment? Who, wait, who thinks that way? Who does who does that in a justice system? What? Quite a lot. It was very popular back in the from the 20th century, 1960s onwards. Most philosophers, the tide seems to be changing towards a retributionist. You know, an eye for an eye. I'm going to get vengeance on you and punish the evildoer. Um, but there's quite a lot of uh, you know philosophers uh, of law that you know this is this is a major viewpoint. The cons the consequentialist understanding of justice um i'll just ask you what why do we punish people what what's the wait, wait a minute wait 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 go I, I so if there's some bit of history i'm missing i'd like to know what it is what are you talking about because because what i'm talking about is the idea that i commit a crime and then you go to jail for me mm-hmm where is that practiced? On an earthly level, nowhere. Okay. Well, I'm getting to the reason why, right? But I'm that's what that's into... what I'm trying to tell you. In nowhere that we understand as sensible, does that is that a sensible idea? That is not justice. That's ridiculous. This this God of yours needs blood because he loves blood. He's a vampire. He he won't he doesn't care if it's the guilty party or not. Yes, Somebody's got to. No, he doesn't. Somebody's got to die, yes, and he'd be hungry. Okay, so what's what's the purpose of punishing people? What do you believe? Why why do we bother doing that? Well, so you're asking me a question that's probably bigger than this podcast, but I don't actually believe in punishment, so. Um, what? Okay. Yeah, I don't. No, not really. <laughs> at all. No, not at all. I I don't believe in um, retribution in in the you did a bad thing and so we have to do a bad thing to you, and I actually think that that is what um, at least in the U.S. our justice system is based on, and I I think it's a bad basis. Um, I think it does almost zero amount of good uh i i think it acts you know very lightly as any kind of deterrent uh and it it does nothing as far as reform and rehabilitation uh so uh yeah i don't i don't believe in punishment the way you're talking about it okay so what but that doesn't mean that the underlying principle of why we do it we, we may suck at it but that's what we're trying to do. We, when we punish people, that's when we say, okay, we're punishing you to deter other crimes. That's that's a consequentialist understanding. We want the, to achieve this result, therefore we punish you, um, or we want to reform your characters. This is why we're punishing you. Okay, but right? I think so that, when you when you use the word punish, you're uh, I I think that carries a connotation that 
I, I find hard to get past. Um, so, okay. well, you know, this, this, this may be, this just may be an emotional issue for me yeah. to, yeah. to deal with because the idea of punishment is retribution. You did a bad thing and I'm going to do a bad thing to you. I'm going to, I'm going to punish you for that thing. It has nothing. It's not, I'm going to reform you. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you. It's that I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you back. Okay, so so yeah, so that that's exactly what's happening. Then don't don't let your emotions it's bad interfere. When we when scholars or philosophers of law, nothing to do with religion. This is just common secular philosophy. That that when we use the word punishment, there are two main streams. There is the retributionist perspective. I I reject that. Will, William Lane Craig, for example, he likes that. He that's the view he takes. Um, I take the consequentialist view. I, I think that whenever we're punishing someone, we, we are trying to achieve certain results. Uh, this is what justifies our punishing people. Um, so if those consequences, in the case of Jesus being our substitute, those consequences can be transferred to us, right? That's that's the, per- the point of going through the punishment is to achieve these results. So if we can get these results without us having to go through the punishment because Jesus is willing to do that for us, then that there's nothing immoral there. That that's fine. Great. Thank, thank you so much for, for doing that for me and sparing me the agony of having to go through it. Um, yeah, I, do, so I don't, that, I don't understand that. You're going to have to put some flesh on those bones. Okay. So what, what do you, yeah. what do you think that, Jesus suffering the punishment does for you besides get you off of suffering the punishment? Well, it reform, it reforms your, how character. does it reform you? Because when you, once justice is served, those sins are served, right? How do you, do you understand that? No, the prison system is, is trying to reform you through that punishment. It, it sucks no. at it, but it's trying. To, I, d- I don't even, I don't be even true. believe that it's trying. Okay. What about you punishing? I know you don't have kids. I can imagine punish your kids? kids for this scenario. Go ahead. Okay. So that punishment can reform their characters. They can, you know what I mean? Like they punishing can get... them could theoretically reform their characters, Punishing their best friend would not reform their character, so right. I don't, so I don't, I don't understand where you're getting reform. Us being reformed from Jesus taking the punishment, because the consequences are transferred into us when He dwells within our hearts. Okay, so now you're and just talking. What so what you're really talking about is magic. This is this is not yeah, this is yeah, not some but this is not some theory of of of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, consequence or or punishment oh, or retribution. Yeah. This is just magic, <laughs> and yeah, when, so when I don't I don't I don't understand what the heck right. you're talking about. <laughs> okay, okay, so good. So yeah, I, I'm jumping from I'm using secular philosophy of law, but obviously when applying it to the atonement, you need magic. This is why it doesn't work. This is why we can't on an earthly level throw you in jail for my crimes. It, it okay. It doesn't and work what I am it. saying is that on an earthly level. The idea of uh, blood atonement is ridiculous. It only makes sense if you are a magical thinker. And, and even then, it doesn't really make sense. It's an evil God that demands blood for everything. 
But but the idea that this is somehow um, a, a consequence that is going to help you, n- nothing bears that out. You you just have to buy into the full-on magic of the idea. Yeah, yeah, this is me speculating. So, right, so we, we, have, we have left Bible. logic. We have left history. We have left all of that. You, well, you're you're talking about magic. something completely different. And you see, when logic, I... Okay. Logic applies to, to the supernatural as well. Really? So yeah, d- logic, yeah, really. logic me, a scenario where someone else suffering from my crime transforms me. Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the so only I one. think I think we're done here. I so because that's not special. So I I think I've made my point, and you okay. are you are what you're saying is, oh yeah, but the reason my cult is a good thing is because magic. Now those other cults, they don't have the magic. They're just crazy, and they should be stopped. But my cult, oh, full of okay. magic. <laughs> Well, yeah, if if other cults uh, or religions, whatever you want to call them, um, if they had a similar teaching, then logically, yeah, that that would work for them. But obviously, if you're evaluating, yeah, but this is all just assertions or BS or whatever, you have to evaluate. Okay, which religion is true? That's another presupposition. I'm, I'm, you know, you were scolding me for answering the que- asking you those questions as a seeker. You seem to want me to be a Christian, but then scold me when I. Well, operate on Christian no, assumptions. I want you to operate on Christian assumptions. <laughs> what I am doing is exposing the Christian assumptions as the crazy nonsense ancient Near Eastern voodoo that it is. Okay. And if yeah, and if you're I, a I, seeker that is on the edge and who is looking at this, get away. Get away from this crazy <laughs> cult. Here, I, I've got a crazy cultist on the line with me right now, and he is exp- he is exp- helping me expose the crazy in this. Walk, I, run away. Just, here's what I'll say to the to these honest seekers. Um, David's absolutely right that the way I, the way for my defense of the atonement to work requires a supernatural explanation that doesn't work on a mundane level. Our prison systems wouldn't work that way. Um, but if you're an honest seeker, then you're not going to be closed-minded. You're not going to have an anti-supernatural bias. You're not going to just this is supernatural. Okay, let's but you haven't it. even explained it on the supernatural level, though. You just you've just hand waved God, and there it is. You know what's okay, the answer? Okay. Jesus. Done. <laughs> okay. You haven't even you haven't even done a good job of explaining this on the supernatural level. Okay, well I think I have through the consequentialist. <laughs> of course, Jesus. But, but... <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Okay, if that's if that's what you're hearing, fine. But I, you also came your second point that I was trying to get to. Okay, um, you seem to have this. Oh, it's anachronistic. Um, you know, modern sensibility. Why do we care about modern sensibilities? As though we're and, better. And there, than, I will let the I will I let the uh, hearer just hear those words again. Rewind. Why do we care about modern sensibilities? You you no go sense. with that, my friend. You are, are you so- assuming that <laughs> newer equals better always? You you just run with that one. I'm um, asking you though. This is your argument to make. I'm not knowing if people are judging me, then they're they're not understanding. They're wrong. They should be judging you. This is your claim. You're the one it, making it is. the claim. So it I is. want to know what you you're asserting. Well, this is contradicts modern sensibilities. Why do you assume is newer? First of all, is newer always better? It, is it always the case that things um, that come afterwards? I would, are- I would say that progress 
is always better. And progress generally happens after the thing we're progressing from. So in general terms, I would I would not ignore progress. I'm not going to say that just because time has passed that progress has happened. Uh, but but progress is better than the thing that we progressed from. But I, I you know beyond that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get trapped in some philosophical <laughs> pseudo philosophical game. If you honestly it. think that forgiveness based on blood is better than forgiveness based on oh say not blood, you're crazy. Okay, well, then <laughs> call me crazy. So that's <laughs> so I don't I don't actually have to I don't feel obliged to defend uh, the idea that we have progressed beyond thinking that everything must be paid for with blood. And, you know, once again, you may think, oh, no, no, paying for everything with blood, that makes perfect sense. But let you be as uh, exposed as saying that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I am exposed as a Christian. I agree with the Bible a little bit. You know, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 tells us okay so the bible tells us it's the consequences of sin to die no one denies uh, no true christian uh, according to both me and david so you know people don't yell at me for saying the moral influence theorists are, are wrong because me and david agree here uh, so you have to scold us both for judging them if you're going to do that but um what the heck yeah, is I'm point? the only I'm the only one of us though who thinks it's crazy. Yes, the Bible says that every minor infraction is a death penalty offense. You should hear those words and run for the hills. Well, okay, um, yeah. If, if I'm just my argument is that that is the necessary uh, consequence of sin. That's my reading. What the Bible's trying to get at. And and who um, set those consequences? I'm sorry. Who set those consequences? Oh, necessity. Necessity. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me just let <laughs> me just gonna... rename necessity. Necessity, thy name is Jehovah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so God is the one who uh, made it so that everything is a death penalty offense that must be paid by blood. God is the vampire here. Not but he didn't make it that he didn't have a choice to make it that way. Oh God didn't have a, my... God didn't have a choice. Are we going back to you... my presupposition? That God shouldn't have created is that no, that's the only way? Okay. No, but God no. could have God could have made anything the price of sin. No, he couldn't. Yes, he could have. How do you know? What, okay, you, how do I know you? that? Because <laughs> he, because he, because he's the one who made blood the price of sin because he likes blood. Uh, so no, if he had I, liked something else, he could have made that the price of sin, or he could have just forgiven. He could have just said, "You know what? You sinned. You seem to be sorry. I forgive you. No one has to die for that." That's that's also a possibility. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm claiming it was necessary that absolutely necessary. There's simply the punishment, man, for, you know, the consequences of sin is death. Wow. The blood represents Just, uh -huh. your life. That, yeah. That's so it's and, death. And so and and we got to kill this animal over here, and that'll fix it. Well, that was a tutor. The killing of the animal. That's did not, not a tutor. It's a dead animal. I can show you pictures. <laughs> no, but it's a tu it's a tutor. I, I, in terms of killing animals, that, that I'm sorry, they're not. I know that doesn't mean persons, that doesn't so mean anything care. to you. I mean, it's just they're just killing animals. I mean, it's just animals. Well, it's not like what? yeah, what? That, we can that just is we can I just kill animals. God, I mean, <laughs> they're just animals. Yeah, um, they're I don't only think animals. 
Nice, Do nice you attack. Hear People are gonna. No, I, I hear what you're trying to make me sound like. And the skeptics what? listening are gonna okay, fall for well, it. Here, animal abuse. They're gonna fall. Thinks, they're gonna fall for it. They, this is what you say. That they're just animals. They're not sentient. They don't matter. God's not a monster for killing a bunch of animals. Yeah, I, I don't think that That's, animals are persons. Okay. Um, you think so the persons are the only ones who should be protected from unnecessary uh, torture? Torture? I, no one was torturing the animals. They were killed. Oh, I'm sorry. From Wait, unnecessary think... murder. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Do you do you eat meat, David? I love meat. You know where meat comes from? I love it. We kill animals. Yeah. Horrors, right? Um, so... Every, uh, yeah. <laughs> every animal that I've eaten has died for a very good cause. <laughs> well, so did these animals in the Old Testament. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, don't, I don't think, you know, I'm fairly callous about this stuff, and I don't think that I'm as callous about it as you are, <laughs> to be, to yeah, be perfectly I, I honest with you. I don't. I don't and, and by the way, be... I don't believe in killing animals just for the game of killing animals. I don't believe in killing animals for the sport uh, or just because I was bored uh, or to sacrifice to imaginary gods. I, okay. That, that that's I'm, a waste I'm, of that's a waste of a life. Okay, so on on that front, then if there's no good reason, I I actually even there I, I, this could just be I'm a bad guy then because I I I don't I don't think there's anything wrong in and of itself with hunting animals you might make the argument well as god as stewards of the earth we, i, I like, don't I think there's anything wrong with hunting either so we're not we're not going to disagree there oh i thought you were saying i thought you meant that you are against the killing of animals for game well at all. but i don't think well I, I mean hunting for eating i've had um in-laws that were hunters and they uh they hunted deer during hunting season they uh put them in the freezer and they ate all winter you know they they lived off of that, so I don't I don't have a problem with hunting. Uh, it, but veg vegetarians it, would say you can survive without without doing that, right? So like they and, they and might argue. They, yeah. Yet they use lotion, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in into uh, <laughs> into that yeah. particular uh, fight there because neither one of us uh buy into either one of those arguments so there's there's no okay, need so to have it uh just, here just let me just let me just clarify because because i don't want the comments saying i'm some kind of animal abuser that hates well, animals i do or want the I, comments to say that if it's true so well here's what i'm gonna well no i just i believe that they were killing those animals for a good cause in the same way you believe killing animals for food is a good cause okay obviously but in this non case it's it's food for your gods your your fictitious god's appetite now god did not have to be the kind of god that wanted to consume the blood of animals well that's not that's not true um if my argument okay so the bible clearly says that life is the necessary consequence this is my argument of sin right if that's true um, then for the biblical people, blood represented your life. This is what Leviticus chapter 17 well, says. Well, actually, right? your they... blood represents your life. I understand the Levitical people, they didn't care whose blood it was. But <laughs> your blood should represent your life. And once, But you're not using your blood. These these people came up with a way to atone for their perceived misdeeds by using 
other people's blood. Well, animals, but um... okay, but but that that just <laughs> that graduated to Jesus. So I I think I'm Correct. perfectly within my rights to say other people's blood. So let's yeah. So let's let's we're done with Jesus, right? I, I think we've covered it. Oh, and we should be done I'm... with Jesus. Uh, and anyone let's... who's not done with Jesus, rewind this podcast to the beginning and listen to it. And I think you'll be done with Jesus. Go ahead, okay, so Dale. We've... I didn't mean to interrupt you. No problem. So we've discussed the Jesus aspect. Yeah, um, we're done with him. Good. He's an idiot. He's a so fool. Now... Um, and you should not listen to him. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so um, the case with the Old Testament, these, these sacrifices didn't accomplish atonement in the same way Jesus' sacrifice did. What Only did they, Jesus what did sacrifice. They accomplish? But, so as Paul said, the setting up of these sacrifices. Well, wait a minute. System Never mind old... what Paul said. What did the people say who, who were actually doing the thing? I'm a Christian, so I why can't I use Paul? Paul said oh, this. You don't you don't care what the Jews who actually did the sacrifices thought? According to you, I don't have to care what <laughs> um, well, but, but those, anyways, those are the Jews... people who instituted the sacrifices. Those are the people who are cutting the animals' throats and wallowing in their blood. Don't you care what they thought? I do, because I don't think they taught that this creates atonement for us specifically, right? In turn I think, sort of. I think that they thought that they were getting some forgiveness off of it. They were getting forgiveness in lieu of Jesus' sacrifice. Well, they didn't know anything about Jesus' sacrifice. Before. So from their perspective, they were getting ultimate forgiveness. Okay, well, let's do a debate on that because I can address that. So we'll, we'll the next time you do your blog, we make that your topic then, and we'll see if that's true or not. Okay, it, it is, but uh, c- cool. <laughs> but uh, but go ahead. I, once again, I don't mean to derail you. You just keep saying false thing after false thing, and I've got to call it out. <laughs> it's not false. I've got scholarship on my side, but okay. I'm not going to address. We'll address that in a future show. Then it is, um, yeah. Um, so that's all the points I've got written down based on what you said. Okay, so just just to recap, um, I say that Christianity is a disgusting blood cult. You agree? I don't think it's disgusting, but it is a blood cult. Okay. Or blood religion. It needs blood. Okay. Um, obviously, cult is a biased term to really? get people... Did, yeah, have you can't... never used the term cult before today? Yeah, as a biased term, right? Oh, to make so, people okay. think it's negative. Okay, um, so you, you don't actually think that cult is a proper term in any context? No, I do. But um, I understand. Then it's not a biased term. No, well, it's biased if it doesn't apply. But I'm not going to get into definitions. Oh, okay. Definitions so it's, it's biased of... if I use it on on your cult, but it's not biased if you use it on someone else's cult. It would be biased if you used it for Islam. It would be biased if you used it for Hinduism. Um, okay, but not I, have, I, have I not explained? Why, have I not explained sufficiently why I? Uh, call Christianity a cult because it believes in blood. Because that, it that's... because it has because it is fixated on blood rituals. It believes that uh, its only efficacy efficacy is through blood, uh, forgiveness through blood, regeneration through blood, uh, new, spiritual nourishment through blood. That you wallow in blood. That you drink blood. You don't think that that's a cult? If I if I were to use those descriptions on some other religion, would you not call that a cult? 
not necessarily. I need to really? see it in context. Wow. Yeah, I need to see it okay. in context, man. Like, uh, then, then <laughs> yeah. Okay, so go ahead. But, but we, but we do, calls, but we do so. agree. Uh, I think on how Christians view uh, and use blood in their religion. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Far, yeah. Okay. And, and that is and that is my case. Yep. You may have the last word, sir, because I think your your last word at the end of the day is the same as my first word. And people should run for the hills when they see this blood cult coming for them. Go ahead. Close sure. us out. So, so yeah, if uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of adopting David's advice here. You know, I, at the end of the day, yeah, this is what the Bible says. Blood is essential. The the atonement is an essential doctrine. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the only way. The only path to salvation. Um, I, you know, obviously from David, I, I get people are going to be offended at that. But you know what? Tough. Uh, take it or leave it. This is the gospel. And as David pointed out to me last week, if you're offended by that, that's your fault and your problem. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right. <laughs> See, I'm learning. I, I am listening to your advice, and I, and good for I, you I for not to... backing down. So. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is in fact the only message you should be giving. If you had if you had moderated that in any way, I would have beat you up worse for it. <laughs> so uh, cyber slaps, yeah, okay. <laughs> cyber cyber beatdowns. Are <laughs> but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um, and um, say uh, good. That's that's how it should be, and let's let's put it out there, and let's let people make real choices based on real information. I think that Christianity yep. tries to hide its ugly stuff a lot like Mormonism. Mormonism is is maybe the worst offender of this because they've got a lot of really crazy stuff uh, that they believe in. And when they come knocking on your door, they don't tell you about that crazy stuff. They, they hide that. You don't, you don't get that until much later when you're much deeper into it. And Christianity is, uh, in, as a whole is like that, uh, too, in many ways. And I think that this is one of those crazy Christian cult things that needs to be out in the open and discussed uh, and dealt with head on uh, and let, let people make an informed decision about the cult that they're uh, being courted to. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm all for that, making an informed decision, being, being upfront and honest. This is what our religion teaches. So, yeah. I agree. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.